This is the 18th episode, I think. Uh, today we are going to talk about a French film that was requested by somebody in the comments, or not comments, what, the review section of the Apple review section podcast. of iTunes, yeah. That's it, yes. And the film is The Green Ray. Um, Eric Romer? Yes. Or what, um, how do you say it? You're the, you're the uh, fr French expert. Eric Romer. Eric Romer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's anyway. a correlation between that name and Romero, which is my last name. I don't maybe think he's so. My, maybe he's my uncle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you, but it's like a Germanic name. A Germanic, okay. Yeah. yeah like no, this German one's definitely roots. like Spanish. <laughs> yeah, the Spanish roots. What is it, like Rosemary from Romero? Rosemary, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and no, it's funny because in English you have like the uh, the double. Well, obviously, like France shares a border with Germany, but they have like like the, we we were like properly like taken on by Germanic people or whatever. We mm -hmm. are like our part Germanic, so we have the like half Germanic words, half Romance language words, and yeah. so it's really weird because you have like two words that mean the same thing. One's like high register, and one's like low register, and the low register is the German one. You know, I've been so you reading. Like, yeah, so. No, uh, I was just gonna say I've been reading uh, Holbeck's uh, Serotonin oh, yeah. in Welbeck. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, Holbeck, and, and um, he, I think the book in Spanish is not gonna come out until November, but it already came out in Spanish, at least oh, the really? one that I was looking at in Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's really pleasant. I, I never it's pleasant read to read Spanish. in Spanish. Yeah, because really? I think the I think the translation is kind of similar since yeah. the, the French yeah, and Spanish yeah, yeah, yeah. have yeah. some commonality. So I'm really liking it. I'm not. Yeah. I never read novels and I never read in Spanish. But this is just yeah. like it's a new nice. experience. New experience. Um, yeah. You you sent me some screenshots of the of a bit about how men and women desire. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought. It, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I have to say I was on the phone whilst I was reading it, but I thought, like, yeah, pretty pretty on the money. I mean, like, <laughs> in the most un-PC way. But, yeah, I, I mean, he's kind of a true. bastard. He's kind yeah, of a he's bastard a dick, in, the, yeah. in the novel. Like, he's yeah. basically an anti-hero. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, he, it's just written so well that sometimes it's, like, seductive, mm -hmm. his sort of, like, yeah, dickishness. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't, I haven't read well, but for long Long I was going to ask you, I'm not, I don't know too much about French films other than yeah. like uh, Godard and the, but what, have you, have you seen this movie called Murmurs, or Murmur of the Heart? Murmur of the Heart, the beat I, my, the beat my heart skipped. No, the yeah, Adrian like, film. I think it's, his name is Louis, um, Mal. Oh, Louis Mal. Louis Mal, yeah. Mama, I know. Murmur I of the Heart. So. It's it's basically yeah. like this 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 coming of age story of this this yeah. kid that like I don't know he's he's getting into he's he's going through puberty, mm -hmm. but basically at the end of the movie he like sleep with his sleeps with his mom, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then the mom's like oh let's just keep it a secret let's not have regrets about this night but it'll never happen again and then. Yeah. Towards the end, like the family meets up again, and they're they're all just laughing, and there's this joyous sort of yeah. uh, tone to it. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's that's a kind of weird story. I mean, it was interesting, but then I saw that it was a semi autobiographical film by right, Mal. yeah. So I don't know. I thought maybe you, you'd seen it, but it's no, it, I, I thought it was really good. It, yeah. it was really well made, and it kind of reminded me of uh, Green Ray. There's a yeah, type of I mean, there's yeah. a tone. For French yeah. films that I that I really like, you know which one yeah. kind of reminded me of that. Uh, Call me by your name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I there's maybe it's the villa or like the cinematography <laughs> and and there's something about it that feels a little bit like uh, improvisational. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean this this one was I think fully improvised. Oh yeah, and like the okay. uh, lead actress has like the I guess a credit on the script because uh, yeah they just and yeah it feels mm -hmm. very very improvised. Um, it's amazing when like improvisation works and when it like doesn't, um, but this is a relatively simple, so I don't know like how much could go wrong in the improvisation, you know? There's um, not a lot of movies like that anymore, right? No, I mean... Maybe Joanna, what was her, what's her name? Joanna, Joanna Hogg. Although, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think her latest movie, The Souvenir, I think it, I don't know how, uh, I think it was like the same thing where they kind of improvised it, but... Mm -hmm. sort of improvised it but yeah no the, the green ray is a good one it's a weird i had seen i watched it so many times 
back in the day, in the early days of the iPod, one of the like first iPods they had was the one that you could like store movies on, but you had to like rip a movie from a DVD, then put it on your iTunes and then load it up on your phone. Mm. And I like have seen, I, I was like back in the day, this film so many times, I hadn't seen it for like maybe 10 years and I'm watching it again. It's like, oh God, like all of the intonation of all the speech, like music was like, oh my God, oh, I remember this, but oh, oh, oh. It's like a kind of priest yeah. muffin, you know, we like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's very good. So one of the things that I was thinking was quite interesting is symbology, like symbology plays like this huge part in this film. Um, oh, yeah, obviously because the colour, you know, colour colours are associated with things and uh, it's even talked about by some of the characters, like what does green represent? Um, but it's like, it's hilarious. Like green is like all these representational symbolic things are representative of fucking anything and like green represents hope greed like anger um money i thought it would have meant like like youth it it represents everything (laughs) i thought it would have meant maybe like like barely visible like something it's it's not immediate and it's not uh mediated completely it's in between because the oh, way that the yeah the the way that yeah. the old man talks about like the colors is like yeah, yeah. purple and blue are almost completely transparent and yeah. like, it's harder to see and then red and orange and yellow and all that mm-hmm. is like you know it's pretty predominant but in the middle you have like this I don't know the green that and, mm-hmm. and there's like this moment of clarity so I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting it's like yeah Hegel talks about that a lot just like the the rarity or maybe even non-existence of like non non mediated things. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no, but I, sorry, think that's, I, I, I think that's true. Even. I think that's true. But you know, it's, it's true. Like uh, just going back to like the symbology stuff. She, so this main character, basically um, she is in this kind of limbo with her boyfriend slash ex slash fiance sort of thing. And she gets her two weeks off for the summer holidays. And at the last minute, the people she was going to go on holiday with kind of disinvite her sort of thing. Mm. And so she has to find somebody or somewhere to go on holiday and somewhere to go on holiday, somebody to go on holiday with. And just kind of restlessly goes from place to place to place thinking, oh, this isn't going to work out. It's not going to be great. She goes, she feels uncomfortable in these different environments, invited to friends' houses or, um, you know, somebody rents her an apartment and she just kind of feels like listless and restless the whole time and kind of very depressed. Um, and through her kind of journey, she finds these occasional signs, quote unquote, like the occasional card on the street. The, the cards, uh, yeah. What's it? Queen of Diamonds is one of them. And then the, I think it's. I think he also, she also found towards the end a card that is like a Prince of Hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah her exactly. luck changes or something, yeah. Yeah, and then just like as, as she sees a sign, a green sign on a kind of a lamppost talking about like a spiritualism or something like connecting with the dead. And then one of the mm-hmm. last things she sees is this sign on a shop uh, where she's staying on holiday, which is Le Rayon Vert, the green Ray yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's this kind of, yeah, this chasing of symbols, but symbols that do they mean anything? And at the end, I don't know, at the end, there's kind of a kind of closure where she does see the green ray eventually, which is this kind of light phenomenon that's very rare to see that happens at a sunset for a moment, this kind of green light. And then you're kind of, the idea is that if you see it, you're kind of imbued with this ability to understand emotions and what people are feeling, kind of this clarity of seeing things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I loved I loved the movie. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that ending. Yeah. Um but I also maybe I don't want to take away from the sweetness or just like the just the general tone of the movie, but I just thought maybe the last scene was a bit too much or yeah. it's not yeah. it's it's nice I think when I so if I was in her position mm-hmm. seeing that store or whatever mm-hmm. it is, a restaurant or whatever that says the Green Ray, that would have been enough. That would have been like, mm-hmm. that's a sign. But it takes it yeah. to this sort of like excessive ground where she has to actually see it. And yeah. he seems he seems like way too comfortable with the way that she's kind of like eccentric. So, and, so, yeah. You know, she cries uh, yeah. in, like in the middle of nowhere. And she's like, I don't know. It's, it's just like she's he seems like maybe too receptive. And 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, I see. You mean he's a, kind of like a kind of like a bland character who just kind of like goes along with her yeah. at the end. Yeah. But I, I just think that seeing the, the green ray written there in the restaurant mm -hmm. or a store mm -hmm. or whatever, like that's more than enough. And maybe yeah. the rest is like the character sort of like filling in the gap. Of, yeah. You know, yeah, I know because I feel like there's there. too much closure at the end where she like sees it, but actually, but see, you know, it seems just too magical, you know, rather yeah. than kind of. Uh, but I kind of like that, that maybe that whole last part is just like, since it's so rare, but mm -hmm. that's what makes it nice. But it, it's also cool to think about it, that she's filling in the gap of the sign. Like, yeah, 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 yeah The exactly. sign is incomplete. And then she's yeah. like, she sees that that's and it's sort true. of, I don't know. Yeah. It's, and it's almost like what, what, obviously what happens next, but the closure is, is all that it is maybe, you know, that she kind of sees it. And, um. I was going to say that the, yeah, so it was The Green Ray is the title of a Jules Verne book, mm -hmm. um, which is set in Scotland, I think. And basically, yes, it's about uh, people trying to find, they go to Scotland to try to see this ray of light to kind of get the special knowledge. But the other thing it made me think about was obviously The Great Gatsby, because like in The Great Gatsby, he's reaching out to this green light. Mm -hmm. um, and in uh, The Great Gatsby, I think it's basically his capital capitalism is the green you know the green light is capitalism you know so i don't know it's interesting yeah. that this idea of like oh. searching for meaning and fulfillment and that if you see it is a special not you know that is like that is the capital that is the like um shape of capitalism you know well that's interesting mixed around with the whole thing of science because do you think mm -hmm. that the search for meaning is capitalist or Is it the, I think the, the search for fulfillment for the semblance is. of meaning is capitalist? Yeah. Interesting. Well, isn't everything a semblance of meaning sort of? I don't know, because it's like basically this whole film is she kind of feels very, she's a very sort of sensitive um, person who has this like feeling of disquiet, kind of depressed. She feels like incomplete. She needs to find something which is not quite right or she's always... She only eats dandelions and... She only eats, <laughs> yes, airy foods. Oh, she won't uh, eat flowers because they're too, you know. But yeah, she's like a... Picturesque or something, yeah. Exactly. She's like a vegan before vegans. And it's funny, like in mm -hmm. the scene where they like, don't understand. It's like 80s France. Like, what? You don't eat meat? What? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, she's... I, I think it's like... I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit too, like, harsh. But that's like... That's... I actually don't know if I... I don't know if I'm like right or anything but i do think that kind of disquiet the disquiet is something that's na natural to humans in that like we always feel a sense of lack because that is just how we form subjectivity and capitalism is uh formed by that compulsion yeah And it's interesting because, like, France is, like, a very, well, relatively uncapitalistic country in some ways. And the one month of August where, like, everybody takes mm -hmm. their holiday off is the month that everybody just, like, chills out and does nothing. And there's lots of mm -hmm. French holiday films about people going on holidays. Like, um, there's one quite recently called Little oh, White Queen, Lies. Queen Latifah, um, the, the, the holiday. No, I'm just oh, kidding. I seen that. <laughs> just no, seen no, that. <laughs> good for you. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like so. But it's this is a, this is a whole thing about searching, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe she, you know I'm reading too much into it. But I think that that maybe her personality is characteristic in general of the truth of how, what humans feel. And she interacts with a lot of kind of women of her age who are just like, oh, just get on with it. Oh, just throw yourself in. Oh, just speak, speak. We're listening to you. Speak. And she can't. But she's she's obviously kind of you know more true to what it is to be human. But then yeah. that compulsion to kind of search for fulfillment yeah. is kind of what capitalism is, sort of. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of, sorry to go back to this, but that's why I kind of like at the end where maybe it's, she's filling in the gap because, well, with, with the green ray, because imagine if you would actually see the green ray. Yeah. That's basically the doom of the relationship. Because yeah. After that, it's just too perfect, you know. Yeah, and yeah, the, exactly. And like, yeah, yeah. Not, like the relationship will never again like reach Live up those to that. heights. Yeah. And yeah, if it's yeah. just sort of like a dream or like it, it, her imagination, mm -hmm. it's like um, I don't know. It's like she. It's like she's maintaining the lack. 
in mm-hmm. the relationship. Yeah. And the, but at the whole movie, she just has this aversion to like contingency because like she's not like she's approached by men like fairly yeah. regularly. Yeah. yeah. And um, but it, it just never works for her. I like that aversion to contingency because basically, yes, yeah, she's this character that is trying to find a holiday and she keeps getting offered holidays that she goes on mm-hmm. as if it's going to be the, the, you know, maybe it'll be the right thing. And she goes and she just, oh, it, it's never going to, it's not the perfect holiday. You know, it's not, yeah. it doesn't live up to the idea of a holiday. Yeah. I know it's mm-hmm. interesting because I, I, as I said, like I hadn't watched it for so long and I was like, oh, this is kind of, I don't know, it's not necessarily trying to say anything, but the idea of like, if one were to project that this kind of restless journey is fulfilled by something meaningful and she actually gets this closure and this, you know, it's obviously very ambivalent. Like we don't actually know her inner thoughts or anything, but it, it's kind of un, un-French in a way, sort of. It is, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, it's like, well, you just, you would just enjoy the dissatisfaction. There's, yeah, there is this kind yeah. of closure and this, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, you know what I thought was like the most French part of the film mm-hmm. when she makes this friend at the beach, the uh, Swedish yeah. or Swedish Norwegian. girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're like having lunch, and there's a couple of guys that are interested mm-hmm. in them, so they come to the to the table, and mm-hmm. they're just like talking and stuff. And uh, she's not really saying anything. The main mm-hmm. uh, Delphine, she's not mm-hmm. saying anything, and neither is the other guy because he's just kind of waiting for her to to get involved, but. The Swedish girl, she's like, she talks a lot of languages, right? Mm-hmm. She talks like German and they're flirting. They're flirting, yeah. right? Like, yeah. the, And it's just like, it feels a little bit like, maybe it's because it's Im- improvised, but yeah. the flirt never really reaches like a place where it's like clever or it's like, it's working, right? Yeah, it's and they really tr- kind of and, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing. And they try flirting in like four different languages. <laughs> Mm. And it still doesn't yeah, yeah, happen. Yeah, like, that's so, interesting. So there's, a, there's like this impasse of language, but like, uh, yeah, because yeah, they they talk in German, English, French, and Spanish, and none of yeah. them work. <laughs> like, <laughs> work. <laughs> then he starts singing the universal language music. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. and it's that's really interesting. I know, and it is true. It's like so basically, the truth of what it is to be human is Delphine. She's, mm. She feels what this is. This is exactly what life is. You just feel completely bereft of wholeness and <laughs> nothing feels right and you question everything. But it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, what do you do? Do you, is the truth therefore to. I guess that's the thing. It's like she's n- the non dupe, as Lacan says, the non duped, uh, like she's mm-hmm. not duping herself into like participation. One <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she's yeah. like, she's, and she talks about that as well at the end, it's like with the guy when she barely meets him. It's just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sleep with anybody. And she's like, she's completely aware of the void. Like, mm-hmm. she's always talking about, like, well, it, you know, I could sleep with this person, but towards the end, I'm going to feel even worse than I did uh, searching <laughs> for it. And so she goes into this whole like rant about basically what it means to be human being yeah. in yeah, search yeah. Of, of love or a partner or whatever. And he's just like, I don't know. He seemed he seemed kind of like absent. Like he yeah. he didn't say much, and he was just kind of like listening and didn't have much to add to the conversation. Yeah, no, it's interesting. We were just talking just before we pressed record about like the hystericization of everything, and like obviously, yeah, there's this been talk from people like Zidek of like, do we just you know we have this perpetual question? Do we you know? But like, <laughs> where does that also end up? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's yeah, there's a real anxiety to today. The the age of anger. There's just there's no like there's no grounding in any kind of like master signifier or like anything. And we're still talking about kind of politics, almost this kind of like the use of the floating signifier in politics, and anything means anything. You know, people just say shit. Um, but I think mm. yeah, the ultimate feeling of that is just like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good thing. It creates a question. What do we do? But doesn't she seem also completely close to the possibility of something happening? Yeah. For right. most of the movie. Like, she does, yeah. Like, oh, she, you should go here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything to her. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Does it seem like maybe she's completely fixated on closure the whole movie? Because 
there's like this failing relationship that she's in with uh, mm-hmm. Jean, yeah. Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're uh, right. And she keeps yeah. on calling him, and she keeps on like trying to go to his cabin or whatever. And it's just yeah. like he's he's just kind of like aloof about it. Yeah. Um, no, but anything right. new that presents itself to her, she's just like no. So I wonder what it was about the guy that she's just like, oh, this this works. Like it, it's different. Than... Yeah, I know because obviously, like the the. Um, the Jean-Pierre character is obviously vital and she almost it's other characters that say to her that you know there's when she's having that like meal with like three other women who are her age who are a bit kind of like cooler and there's the Mm. loud one who's like we're listening speak speak um they're telling her basically that her her relationship's kind of over and it's you know but it's almost like Delphine never kind of admits that herself She's kind Which, of in this. Is like, it the one in red that she's like aggressively just kind of yeah, telling her that yeah. she's sad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of annoying. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I just I I just don't understand people that think that their opinions are so important that they need to like let other people know without them, you know, have like showing interest Asking. in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a real thing of people giving me. Do you get this? I like hate unrequested advice mm-hmm. i think yeah. it's like one of the most annoying things in the entire world you know like generally i mean there was always like a man man woman thing men are from mars women are from venus lol. Yeah. but you know if you say something to a guy they might give you advice because they like that mm. put their hard hat on and get out the digger and like but i mean it's not just <laughs> men who do it at all because i've got lots of women for, actually i would say the majority of it comes from females i know but yeah no, you you uh, just like like talking about chewing the fat, just like discussing. It's like, I don't need advice. I just want to like moan. Yeah. And it's kind of enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's something because it's like, it's like not only annoying, but it's like really annoying. It like gets you on like a really visceral level. So maybe it's like stealing. You don't want a solution. You know, you just, you just want to bitch for a bit. Of course. <laughs> and, but it also does, it, it also has like the obvious effect because mm-hmm. what you really want is for somebody to sympathize with you. Yeah, that's true. I know and that then, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. You should write a self-help what, book. That's yeah, but what you get <laughs> what you get is sort of like this riff of like I'm going to tell you what to do and it'll mm-hmm. work for your life, but really what yeah. that translates to is like I need right now I need affirmation that my way to live is like right and yeah, it could work yeah. for you. Yeah, so any advice that anybody gives you is generally a reflection of their inner world or what they want to confirm or have said to them yeah mm-hmm. rather it's the same thing of like what um uh you think other people think about you is what you think about yourself one of those things um but yeah no that's interesting i think you're, i think you're absolutely right it's like stealing the uh it's basically confirming that you have nothing to moan about because obviously if you thought about this you wouldn't be in this problem you know But also, it's like a signifier for the lack of the other, Mm -hmm, where they're like, mm -hmm. they just need to know that their ways work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I just think, like, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like advice, Mm -hmm. then psychoanalysis is the the right therapy for you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But this is the thing advice is, is is, I'm not going to say always, but advice is by definition. And the definition that you give, like, just wrong. Mm-hmm. Because it's never advice. It's never advice. Yeah. yeah. It's always just a way for people to... It's people seeking affirmation. Yeah. yeah. And why do, why do you think it's so annoying to receive advice? Do you think it's just because of that thing that on some level you know that it's not appropriate and all it is is kind of stealing your moment of wanting sympathy for the benefit of the other giving themselves advice? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a couple of things. Maybe there's there's sort of like a thin line between what well between what a person seeks for when they are open up to somebody, mm-hmm. and it's either the like just a complete negative, which is I just want you to sympathize with me and maybe even cry it with me, right? Like yeah, I'm gonna yeah, come yeah. to yeah. you and I'm gonna show you my you know my difficulties and maybe even share your difficulties, but don't don't go to this place of closure right yeah yeah Um, yeah. don't don't go to this place where it's just like you're trying to put a cap on what i'm experiencing so it's just like well first of all because 
lamenting is extremely enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's, <I laughs> and it's underrated. so, so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think, like, Lozizek talks about, like, this, like, inter interpassivity thing, where it's just, mm -hmm. like, you can hire somebody to cry for you. Yeah, um, like, you can have the, the canned laughter to laugh for you on a TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the only reason that works is because, like, it's a commodity. Like, mm -hmm. laughing is basically, mm -hmm. it can become a commodity because yeah. it's so pleasurable. Yeah. But, but the other thing <laughs> is that, the, <laughs> the other thing is that I think maybe there's a false hope that somebody's going to give you an incredible piece of advice that is going mm -hmm. to like change your life. I think yeah. that's the only reason why maybe people open up because most of the times yeah. it just, it's a, how do you say it? It's in a, it's a miscarriage. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I was a miscarriage to, almost all the time. Yeah. I was just going to say about advice, you know, like, so obviously advice can often take the form of kind of an aphorism or like a saying or some kind of nonsensical statement but it always like only ever contingently means anything to you or like maybe retroactively retroactively so as in like a, a something else contingently happens and you're like oh they were right so therefore you know i don't know i think it's always i don't yeah. think yeah it's like rules of thumb the mm -hmm. the world is kind of very complicated yeah you know <laughs> and uh, so there's so many things depend on so many things so basically do you, th you think that this film offers too much closure maybe I think so uh, but but closure I don't know clo closure's not it's not not allowed mm -hmm. you know uh, yeah, but I yeah, think yeah absolutely, absolutely I think it's better off as a dream than mm -hmm. as a real occurrence because it yeah. sets the standard like way too high for mm -hmm. for what it's closure of, yeah for, for what it's a closure of yeah um, i know i think it's just in this film in particular like because it's all about signs you know and the seeking of closure you know obviously films often in a story are presented kind of a contingent closure quote unquote according to the story itself but the, the very theme of this is the search for closure you know yeah so uh, but it's interesting because obviously yeah one would think that, that they're like plethora of signs symbols symbolic colors all this kind of stuff would evoke a kind of well when it's on the level of sign you know it's kind of meaningless it has to have a signified as well so like the whole sign the idea of the the theme of the sign is like generally i would say the the plethora of something or the like emphasis on something as a sign as such like means that there's not going to be closure and then there kind of is although we do yeah. know you know it could be like you know like middlemarch as a love story where it's what happens after the wedding you know most love stories it's yeah. like leads up to the wedding like what the fuck happens after could be a disaster who knows mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah i want i wanted to talk a little bit about the uh the, sort of like the, the amount of control and maybe what it means, the desire for control mm -hmm. in your life, because mm -hmm. it, there's a weird sort of antagonism between w her sort of position in life where she's like searching for something and uh, she doesn't really belong to anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so she's kind of like, you know, without a place or you know, dislocated or whatever. And... I just I just think that it's weird, sort of like the or it's ironic, I guess, the, the antagonism between that, like her position that she seems to be so like aware of, but at the same time, this sort of like very strong autonomy that she manifests of like, uh, she doesn't want to go on any vacation that is mm -hmm. by herself, and she's not open to basically yeah. any any you know possibility of something happening. Like for for most of the movies, it's like it, she's basically just a negative character. Of mm -hmm. just like she doesn't accept anything. Well, I mean, we can go into it, but just like she doesn't eat meat, she doesn't want to go on vacation, and she even goes to a place and like she goes for a walk. And there's a cabin waiting for her. And then when she comes back, she's just like, she cries. And then she's like, no, I just got to go. So she doesn't stay. So yeah. there's a way in which she's like searching, but at the same time, like sabotaging her possibilities of like, I don't know, just like something happening. Yeah, and I think, I think that, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, you go. You go. 
I just think that if that's the way that you live, yeah. where you're searching for something, but at the same time, not allowing yourself to find something that eventually is going to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. A, per- a person like that would probably be a lot happier than what she appears to be in in the in the movie. Do you think Does so? Somebody sense? you're saying who somebody who's that controlled would be so happy. To me, she seems yeah. traumatized. She seems traumatized. Yeah, yeah. And I think the traumatized the the being traumatized leads her to have this fantasy of feeling whole and complete. And so the fear of getting that complete, the possibility of achieving that, say for instance, breaking up with Jean Pierre and finding somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like it's pay- the risk of opening yourself up to that, that there's a fantasy that there could be something better. Yeah. You know, the reason you kind why, of like, yeah. you know, there isn't. So, yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say the reason why I say that is because I think that that's sort of like enjoying the lack. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I see. So she's mm-hmm. like almost like a miser counting their yeah. money. She's kind of like would enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I know because there is this kind of thing of being open uh, is being able to like live into radical contingency or like kind of a, um, what's the word? Contradiction, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of, I guess it's hard to do. I mean, maybe that's like the the structure of the human mind is completely averse to that. In that, yeah, that kind of is very anxiety producing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but, um, I, I, but yeah. she just gave she just sort of gave me that sort of I don't know I I got that from her that she's yeah. without a sort of ground yeah but at the same time just I don't know completely close to any possibility mm. yeah it's interesting so you were saying is she's like doubly she's like open and closed in the wrong way she's like kind yeah. of this kind of like searching but also completely closed off yeah. Rather than being, yeah, grounded. I think also it's like, so, and this is interesting, I think, talking about, like, um, love stories. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the perfect love story, the possibility of love or the birth of love, always appears as an accident? Something that is not in your control, but not completely outside of it as well. It's just sort of like a gap or an error. Um, well, because isn't, I think... isn't that what happens? It's like, it's, she's, you know, she does, like, so people, are, like, there's men that approach her just out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like close to that. And I don't know. She's like, I think it's interesting that there's a guy that approaches her right when she's about to leave, where mm-hmm. she's not in one place or the other. It's just yeah. like this, the this, train no, station. this, yeah, there's no place of the, yeah. the, the the train station, and I don't know. It's just like I I I'd, I'd have to think about it more because I just had the thought. But like maybe the best love in in you know in this context is mm-hmm. like it's an accident and it's something yeah. that happens completely unexpected. And but it's all it's also in the context of your control. But in a, it presents itself as something that is that is out of it does that make it's interesting sense? yeah no no i agree. i see what you're saying like you were saying earlier about the whole closure at the end almost mm-hmm. turns this contingent thing into something too meaningful and it's going to be a complete it, letdown in the relationship itself if it were to go ahead but it's i yeah, think the film like, kind of betrays itself i think yeah i mean the funny thing is, so like a story is written backwards or like in a sense because you always have the author knows that, like when a reader is reading the beginning of a story like it's already been written mm-hmm. so almost like i sometimes think with love love makes it it's like a radical shift it like changes the meaning of everything so it's such a yeah. powerful thing that you retrospectively feel like it was always going meant to happen yeah. so you see what i mean so it's almost like when we write our own narratives of a person that we're with you know it's like Everything was leading up. It always had to be just by the nature of how love feels. But I mean, definitely in like in the kind of Western canonical, like love story mm. or genre. Yeah. I mean, like the idea of like the meat cute or whatever. It's like, it's all kind of designed. I mean, the way, I mean, I don't know if it's like the way we kind of get pleasure out of it or we mm-hmm. wish it were the case, but you know, something like La La Land we've talked about a few times, like 
they're they're in the Griffith Observatory. They're the only people mm-hmm. in the universe. You know, it's definitely like the more standard Western love stories. It is like seems like it's designed by fate or whatever. But yeah, no, in real yeah. life, it's completely random. It's kind of well, horrible it, to think that. Yeah, it is horrible. I think that yeah. in La La Land, it's just like this, like it's it's sort of fetishizing like this extreme individualism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Lol. <laughs> but it's weird. It's weird because like, I don't know. It's in this movie, it just feels different. Like in La La Land, it just feels like there's two people that their love to each other is bound by this sort of like narcissistic self-interest. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and I think in this one, there's just sort there's just sort of openness that is yeah. like almost kind of obscene to the point that yeah, the the, you know, the only way that love can present itself is as a as a sort of miracle, I guess, or yeah, an accident yeah, that is just yeah. like so short of possibility. And maybe that's why the the end is appropriate, then, right? Like, yeah, I think that I don't know. La La Land just seems more obscene in that way. Yeah, no, I think you're right about like maybe the Green Ray. She's trying to like instigate some kind of system of meaning mm-hmm. you know i i do I, it is interesting like arbitrary meaning like imposing an arbitrary meaning on the universe like do you do, do we require that you know do we require this kind of what happens if it's not there you mm-hmm. know so she's trying to it seems like she's trying to like instigate on some kind of metaphysical level mm-hmm. uh a system of meaning. I mean, it's funny because, like, talking about like neuroscience. Oh. Um, there's this whole thing of like learnt helplessness. I don't know if you've heard about learnt helplessness. No, tell me talking about it. serotonin. I mean, I don't know who. I could probably be completely wrong, but there's a biochemist I'm quite interested in. The idea is like if you don't get enough dopamine, then you can kind of like fall into this like idea of learnt helplessness. And dopamine is like released by completion of a task or kind of like having some arbitrary meaning system. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so in a sense so i don't know if you've ever been depressed but i've definitely felt like instigating oh, I, some kind I, I of was born like, i was born depressed were you yeah. i used to get out of depression by like training for some physical thing like setting up some like massive goal it gets yeah. progressively more and more difficult <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that actually the real way out of depression is to like um stop believing that accumulating something will mm-hmm. make you happier like yeah. I think that's really the only cure. But yeah, no, failing that, instigating some like master signifier or like some system. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like a, sort of. well, maybe it would be interesting to talk about this with Peter, but like, I think it's, isn't it weird that there's a fine line between acknowledging that, that there's nothing mm-hmm. on the other side and the grass mm-hmm. is just as shitty yeah, on the other yeah. side. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But how do you stop that? from basically becoming uh, or meaning that you're just going to be bedridden or you're just going to be in bed and like there's no need to go out do you think that there's a way to be content enjoying the lack but at the same time not fetishizing the lack in the sense that like oh it it becomes sort of like the, the extreme opposite of like yeah no absolutely i think i think there is a risk of of that, and obviously, this is the whole thing. I don't, ne- I don't necessarily of, believe this, but I'm just like positing sort of like a no. But I, I agree because position, yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, it's like, um, well, I think there's two things. First of all, like, so the Lacan quote of like, don't give way in terms of your desire. So don't let your desire pass and don't yield to it. Both, don't believe that the fantasy object is going to fucking cure you, but then also don't give up in pursuing it because actually, and the funny thing is, it's like duping yourself as the cancer is also like the non-duped, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like duping yourself into some arbitrary, like pursuit of something is really all there is. And for there to be a pursuit, you know, this, the journey, not the destination. Well, for there to be a journey, there has to be a fucking destination, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So you're right, if you take away the destination, then like, what do you have? You have nothing. Mm-hmm. So, but I think where I'm not, I don't think necessarily that the giving up on the idea of fantasy will lead to depression always is that I think that because of the nature of desire, you, you know, it's, it's pre, it's pre subjectivity, it's pre cognitive. So you are not even pre, sorry, it's unconscious. 
So as in like you're imbued with some arbitrary thing that you'll be pursuing your entire life based on something that happened before you could speak. Yeah. Do you like, I don't know. Do you think that maybe, I, I would think that maybe the Hegelian way is to posit a lacking destination. Yeah. Or a, so what a, do you mean? A sort of, or, or the way that Jesus calls it is just like you posit a fragile absolute that retroactively mm -hmm. creates the path towards it. So when I think about Peter's uh, work, for example, mm. like I think he starts with the concept of like that there is no big other, right? Yeah. Uh, or that God is sort of like lacking and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it, but it doesn't like really, I don't know, in, in, in so many words, it's like it's not spiritualized. And that sort of retroactively does like the, um, it, it it posits sort of like the 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 ritualized path towards it. So in his book, like mm -hmm. how not to speak of God, I think it's very interesting that he starts with the end. So it's just mm -hmm. like how not to speak of God and like why God is lacking and all this. And then at the end of the book, he does like what really is is meant you know capitalistically to be at the beginning, mm -hmm. which is like how do you how do you put it into action and like how do you yeah. how do you practice it right there's like this praxis sort of like dimension to it but that yeah. isn't there until the false or the lacking destination is already put at the beginning right yeah so it's it's like it's non it's like it's like it's like the opposite of teleology it's like this non-teleological yeah. path right yeah yeah no i i see what you're saying i also think that um you know so the idea of like um, psychoanalysis like Freud is like it's allowing you to be able to love work love and work basically and the idea is that if you do believe that there's a fantasy object that you can't love and you can't work mm -hmm. because basically you're relieving death drive mm -hmm. by poking a hole in the big other so therefore you should be the complete opposite of depressed. Like, I think the thing is like depression maybe does rely on still believing that there's something that will make you happier. So, so there's maybe, like, like something that that's holding you to it. Sorry. There's something that's holding you to yeah. this sort of like object, this fulfilling object, right? Exactly, exactly. But I don't know, it is, it's a difficult one. It definitely is a difficult one. You know, the, you think, know what that kind of reminds me of, though? It's like this fundamentalist thing from, uh, from like, because I know you didn't grow up like, like fundamentalist Christian, but I, it reminds me, it reminds me a, <laughs> a little bit a of fundamentalist. Like, <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of like this thing of like, uh, oh, uh, so did you pray so that you can overcome mm. this sickness? Uh, yeah, yeah, I prayed, but you know, it didn't really work. Well, it's because you didn't believe. Enough, enough, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just think that it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm not, not that it's wrong, but it's just like this thing of like, you know, depression doesn't end until you like, you know, the opposite. You completely stop believing in this like fulfilling object or satisfying. But yeah, object. I don't think. It, but like, can you? Do you know what I mean? It's like, can you? Because it's unconscious. Do you know? Like, I think you can relieve. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's and it's this like. Ever. And I think the thing is, it's like there's always just an antagonism that like you, I just don't know if you can get rid of like occasional bouts of depression being a person because of yeah. the antagonism of being human, like they're just a fundamental lack. And mm -hmm. the lack will be like so generative and amazing, but sometimes you'll just feel like when you actually realize the reality, yeah, it is kind of depressing. But then, yeah, then you have to like throw yourself in arbitrarily again, but then... I don't know. I I think because it's unconscious, it's like such a it's such a tricky one. But I do think that like consciousness, like rationality, is a technology, mm -hmm. and rationalizing can oh, good. alleviate like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is the thing because we we talked about this a lot actually. Like the idea of like there's a kind of um in in let's call it like a lib liberal mm -hmm. uh, perspective. This kind of denigration of rationality is something like phallic misogynistic whatever mm -hmm. racialize this that, and the other but no like it's just a technology it's like the rationality is literally just a technology that humans come have come up with like a fucking wheel or do you yeah. think that maybe it's like the promise of rationality 
like or like what a higher like a higher form of rationality what that's con- that's bad no n- not necessarily that it's well maybe but the technology yeah. well you're well maybe i'm going into a different thing because you were saying that mm-hmm. it's a it's a technology of rationality no, i just think rationality is a technology oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah no, never mind. Yeah. I, I was going off on a tangent. <laughs> okay. No, the tangent's good. What was the tangent going to be? No, no. Like, I was just going to say that, like, uh, technology is, like, the promise of rationality, something that can come to make sense of things, right? And, like, put everything in its place. And But any technology is that. Well, I think, though, that, like, okay, like, the scientific method relies on, first of all, being in the lack, like being in contradiction, being in the unknown and not like any advancement requires a giving up of any knowledge of anything that's gone before almost. I mean, mm. give or take. That's really good. Yeah. So like the whole scientific method, like this is the thing, the scientific that, method like, is almost you... like the opposite of what people in layman's term think of science. Do did you, know you just I mean? come it's up like, with that? What do you mean? No, just like that, that sort of concept or... In that language I know, but I thought well, I kind of think I've thought that for a long time. Like I think that's really good. I really like that. you know, like, but that's the thing because it's like it's not some grand like. Okay, we have things like master signifier language and all this shit, but like actual coming up with something new. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, is you have to be in the antagonism. Yeah, you can't. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. I really like that. Um, but maybe that, maybe, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of like worried about like the whole like neuroscience stuff and maybe it's lacking. Oh yeah. No, I think it's, I think neuroscience is not, it doesn't take into consideration the unconscious. So it's never going to be, it's never going to find, find anything new. I think maybe that's what I meant about like all technology sort of like being this promise of, uh, of rationality or something that comes to order things and put them in their place. But mm-hmm. do you think that maybe like neuroscience or some of these things that are just like they hold on so steadfastly to the possibility of rationalizing everything yeah. to the point that they well, leave no the space for lack? Uh, okay. Because because I think scientists sort of fancy themselves as these like like they don't have agency. They're just instruments yeah, of yeah, this yeah, higher yeah, 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 yeah. sort of like thing, right? Do you know, I think this is interesting that like scientific quote-unquote discoveries of every age are like so um imbued with the ideology of the time like you have darwinism in the 19th century you know at a time of like colonialism and like mm-hmm. this is this is probably you know the prevalent scientific theory and like now it's genes you know which is so fucking like technological and like computer everything's a computer and it's all like <laughs> you know i think uh-huh. like obviously it's just far more complicated than that mm-hmm. um and it's yeah this whole thing of like i am just discovering something that's already written by this non-god god mm-hmm. you know well, obviously like genes i'm not saying like genes aren't real or whatever because obviously i yeah. have like a genetic condition like you duh but like it's, there's like so many other factors at play than just <laughs> this one thing mm-hmm. um but no this is the thing i think like i think maybe science well in this sense like i think science maybe needs a little bit of religion <laughs> i'm just okay, like okay well, what i will say yeah. is that the unconscious is purely rational like freud is purely rational yeah, it's structured like, like a language. Like Hegel yes. is purely... Do you know what I mean? It's like, so mm. all this stuff where it's like this this magical thing happening that we don't know about. It's like, well, no, like it's all being fucking talked about rational. Like, it's not... It's all rational, you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not like somebody who like lives my life by rationality. I just think it is like a technology like anything else. And yeah. that, that like, I don't, I don't think it's like all evil or all good but I think that, like, you're, you're right, when it becomes it turned into sort of a, like, schematic thing, like, there's well, scientism and everything like that. And I think, like, certain new disciplines are maybe scientific rather than actual science. Yeah, well, I think when I think about uh, Lacan's thing of, like, uh, uh, man's desire is the desire of the other, mm-hmm. I just think that, like, rationality has its own desires. And it it, it, it excludes contingency i think it excludes the possibility of something not being known or 
that certain elements within rationality are completely biased in, in a way. And well, like it's always subjective, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and we we are by definition. I mean, that's the thing. It's like always got a kink in it because it's like in somebody's head, and some like everybody is like marked by the lack. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. But I think this is the thing. It's like it's the same. You know, like the like those guys that the, the, those people who did the um, like rightly because this um, capitalized upon liberalized like liberal liberalism and capitalism will just steal from anything and like turn it because all is complete pure commodification and like individuality and like the struggle of the individual so it's like gonna take anything to turn it into something to capitalize upon just how like certain democratic candidates who aren't really leftists are using leftist language and it means nothing um you know that the like the academy in america and other places took on in a kind of like non-grounded way, a lot of ideas that weren't, that are completely rational. So, you know, you have these guys, I don't know if you saw them, the guys that did the fake papers, um, taking the piss out of like gender studies and stuff. What was that? Um, no, and they got published. Oh, I have to send it to you. These four academics who are fed up with the way that this ideal, ideologicalized take on critical theory but the thing is, they blame critical theory, but critical theory isn't that, isn't that illogical shit. Like, it's yeah. not. When you read the original stuff, it's purely rational. Mm-hmm. It's when it's, like, taken by certain, like, commodified to fit uh, ideologies and, like, taken on by, you know, it's completely distorted by the individual. And I think rationality is a tool that can be, like, like a wheel. You can use it to bash somebody's head open, but you can also use it <laughs> to drive a car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's it's really good. like, used properly, but, like, yeah, no, like... We all know that, like, actual continental philosophy is not this, like, poisonous nonsense that's used to, like, justify individualism as it stands in 21st century liberalism, Mm -hmm. which is pitting people against each other and justifying it with some, like, stupid, like, non-thing, you know? That's really good. I love that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So did you you have any other thoughts about the... uh... I'm just going to see if I have them. Um, uh, oh yeah, and one. Of, I just have some notes. Like one of the one of the things I wrote was a friend. A friend is just a stranger you haven't met. Uh-huh. I don't know why I was thinking that, but it, this whole idea of like, well, she doesn't. She doesn't know herself. Well, obviously. The tr- well, the true meeting is just like uh, in, infinitely postponed, right? Because yeah. there's always this yeah. kernel, this kernel that is like necessarily secret. Is that what you meant? Mm-hmm. Like kind of. Yeah, I think I just was watching it when she was like meeting other people and thinking that they were going to like help her and they don't or I don't know she feels so alienated and she obviously feels alienated from herself she doesn't know herself but also yeah when you have a friend it's just you don't witness the real like the the alien other of them is kind of covered over temporarily yeah (laughs) yeah Um, do you think that like so this like unknown center of the other Mm -hmm. What is that to you? Is that like a terrifying thing or is it a seductive thing? No, okay, or is so it I a, actually think this is the... It can be both also, just like dangerous yeah. and seductive, right? I think it is the solution to our age. Like, I honestly think that the, um, the, like, the lesson of our age, like a potential solution is universalism over identitarianism or over individualism. And the only thing that we share, like the only thing... Is lack. The only thing so we share is what we don't share, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think it's like the most oh, important start, thing for the century. We should start century. selling those shirts, right? Like we what should say? say no, just, <laughs> no, we just make like an estranged T-shirt. Merch. And just yeah. Go, what like, was the, the slogan going to be? The only thing we share is what we don't share. Yeah, like absolutely, like absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I think it has like I think it is the tool for transformation for the 21st century like and i yeah but Mm -hmm. by the way we never said this but the because i was i I don't know i just kind of went with the shirt thing but like uh bryce bryce berman which is like this you can find him on instagram he's the one that did the uh design of our logo 
Lego. Yeah, he did some other ones as well that were really good. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, should we have picked this one? He's like this yeah. whirlwind of like creativity. He sent me like, yeah, I remember like he sent like seven yeah, yeah, options yeah. and they were did all pretty she? good. I only sent saw three. No. Obviously well, like skimmed off the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so to have like that gap on it, it, would, it was just performative. No, just kidding. But yeah. No, but I... Um, I kind of forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, the t-shirt. I think that's very good. No, but I honestly like I I and this is maybe why like just obviously when you when you watch a piece of art by definition you get something different out of it every time, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it says more about you than it does about the the thing itself. Yeah. Obviously. And it is it's always interesting when you see like other people reacting to your own work. I don't know if you see this like obviously you get similar reactions from different people, but like some of the things that people say in reaction to like oh my gosh this is just again it's like the advice thing is it says so much more about the person than it does about yeah the, uh, the piece you know yeah um i think but- i'm kind of i think i kind of understand what you're saying uh what but that's very interesting because like what i see in that is sort of the opposite or maybe not the opposite but just an alternative mm-hmm. to what derrida used to say because derrida was like you know when you when you say something or you create something, the only mm-hmm. thing it says is what you're not willing to say or, you know, it's, it's just about what you're not saying. Mm-hmm. And I think what mm-hmm. you're saying is like, what is not said is not necessarily a lack in the author or the creator, but in the, in the medium itself, in the form, I guess. Well, I guess what I'm saying is like how a person, how you feel in response to a piece Mm-hmm. says more about you than the piece okay yeah you know okay yeah 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 but see the point being that watching this film you know what i get out of it this time is like different to maybe what i would have got out of it 10 years ago um and the concern that i have at the moment is obviously um just a complete the anxiety of our age and need, like a, a like a desperate need to instigate certain things and i think the thing we need to instigate is a lack of closure not in a kind of like oh Mm -hmm. everything's chaos kind of sense but in a universalist Mm -hmm. what we share as humans it like what it is to be human is to lack and that's what we share yeah and i think that is has to be the grounding of the new i don't even know ideology but approach to how we address things in our age yeah you know that's great I love because that. like the the only thing that isn't capitalistic is the universal like mm-hmm. by definition because capitalism relies on individuality on the particular and yeah. the um, exploitation of individuals on behalf of others mm-hmm. and this is why like identity politics isn't a problem it's a solution to the, to a problem yeah you know and the problem is alienation and mm-hmm. how do you solve that well you show that we are all alienated together <laughs> yeah that's perfect yeah I love that yeah I can't I you should um that's another t-shirt <laughs> yeah, no i love that that, like, that was revenue like... stream hashtag merch <laughs> no that was that was perfectly said and um mm-hmm. well maybe we should end with that note or well you... i have a question for you maybe this is controversial okay yeah what is your what is your opinion of um the personal is political. The personal is political. It depends on the personal, right? Because <laughs> if the personal is, you know, it's it's tied to your particularity. Because, like, as as a personal, you're also connected to the universal. Yeah, exactly. But if your valence is towards the particular, like, what makes my personality? Is it because I'm... Yeah, because I'm Mexican or because I'm straight or because yeah. I'm gay or whatever. Like, y- you know, you have people have sort of like that's that choice of. So basically, I think as a leftist, my position is like, yeah, the personal is political as long as it harkens back to the universal. But if well, once it, is, I have once, to say, once, yeah. it, once it becomes particularized, I think it's more economical than political yeah exactly i mean i personally think that the person is political is a notion that emerged mm-hmm. out of the failure of the left to do universal politics 
like putting the political on the individual is by definition capitalistic you know it's like um yeah so it's like it's filling in the role of what the left should have done and in our neoliberal world but you're right like if you say yeah to be human to be a person (laughs) is to be yeah yeah yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But yeah, that's, um, that's what I think. <laughs> and then I don't know if there was going to be anything else I was going to say. Well, I have a few more things to say, but we can save them for other times. I was just uh, going to. Uh, yeah. I was just going to ask, like, what do you think about? Are a lot of I, I imagine a lot of French films are like this that they don't have any mm-hmm. music. And I was just going to ask you, like, what do you think about that? Hmm. I don't know. I know lots of French films that have a lot of really good music, but. There's a kind well, of there's a, like some a, a musicals, new generation right? of like French films that are quite a bit more like they have the American independent film vibe, you know, the American indie vibe, and they tend to have more music. I don't know. I don't, yeah, the music in this is just this like late motif, this like really grinding like. <laughs> and I don't know. It's like it's like every time she sees you know something meaningful happens or yeah, it's the same. But what do you thing. think about like? Because like uh, Cuarón's yeah. uh, Roma, Roma, for example, yeah. like absolutely no music. Yeah. Or Aronofsky's but you uh, see, Mother. You know, because like the music. the Roma trailer has the like, um, that Pink Floyd song in it, I think. And I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. It's like such a great song. <laughs> like it's so mm. atmospheric. And then they had nothing yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I but like do you like that? Song. What like, what do you, I mean, as a director, what, what do you think about... I don't know. My personal taste is I love music, but then I, the thing is though, it's like, I don't think there's any rules, you know, like whatever is required for whatever. And there's some like, like the archipelago has new music in it. I don't think it has some yeah. like, yeah, but I don't know. I personal taste, I like music, but I just like film as a primal medium. I like, I like getting, getting a kind of like, um, not fe- not emotional feeling. I like getting a kind of like, you know, like somebody who goes clubbing, like, like that feeling. <laughs> I it's like pre-emotional. Film, it, yeah, and get it exactly. It is pre-emotional. Yeah, it's 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 it sort of like lays down the track of like or or sort of like the direction of emotions. But yeah, I just true. like yeah. I I just think that like you can't rely on just like sort of natural sound mm. when there's no music. Yeah. Uh, I I think that there's a heightened sort of like auditory. Uh, sense mm-hmm. or editing when it comes to like movies that or or parts of movies that don't have any music yeah and it's like it it's just perfect like the 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 environment or mm-hmm. the foley the foley of the of the of the of the audio mm-hmm. is musical mm-hmm. yeah so i think that like the moments where movies are the most sort of like striking without music it's because sort of like the, the natural sounds of conversation or, or effects or Foley in general, they are musical themselves and they become... Are you doing yourself of, out of a job? Hmm? Are you doing yourself out of a job? No, you know what? I think that, may, <laughs> I think that maybe I just like... I'm kind of interested lately in Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think I you're right. Interesting. I think like, right. Do you remember Zodiac? Yeah, the I love David Zodiac. Fincher? I've seen it so many times. You remember so when... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying that uh, the thing that I like about Zodiac is that there's this part where the Zodiac goes to a park and there's a fa- there's a couple I think that are doing like a picnic. Mm-hmm. And he comes over and he just like gives them orders just like, you know, stand back and like tie her up and mm-hmm. you know, he he's just like it's this horrible moment and then he gets close to them and then starts like stabbing them. Mhm. I think one of the most compelling things about that scene is that like it doesn't have any music mm-hmm. whatsoever because usually it's like you have this yeah, sort like, of horrific da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah 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 but there's something sort of I mean this is gonna sound horrible and sadistic mm-hmm. but there's something sort of musical about like the yeah he stabs the, them the, back. The, the the stabbing effects yeah. like the sound that is just like so compelling and it has this sort of I don't know like musical quality to it I guess that I think is interesting. Do you hear music in everything? <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't hear music and everything, but I do hear like sound design mm-hmm. in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it just—it's just interesting to me, like how I don't know how sound, how deep sound design can be, and it—it yeah. it has this sort of like musical quality to it. About and it's not always about—it's not always tonal. 
Mm-hmm. But like volume is also musical mm-hmm. and uh, so it's like sort of like uh, harmonic uh, yeah. control of like with filters and stuff like that. So I was watching this uh, YouTube video the other day about the death of melody. I was doing like a viral thing and mm-hmm. how like yeah, all these other elements of music, you know, tone, texture, rhythm are still so prevalent as in pop music. But now it's just like there's no melody, but all this other stuff is just like still there except the melody part. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of like that. Um, but anyway, should we cut it there? I think so. I think we've said everything. And uh, All right. yeah. Uh, speak so to see you, you next, next time. time. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.